Kia ora and welcome to the You've Got This podcast with Zazie and Tess. Tess and I are speech and language therapists with a combined 18 years working in the field with children and their whanau, so we know a thing or two about what makes them tick. We want to empower you to know exactly what you can do to support your child's development. We're going to be touching on all of the important topics that you want to hear about, from speech and language development to managing tricky behaviours or supporting your little one to transition to school. You can even request episodes that you want to hear more on. Just head to our Instagram at You've Got This Podcast. We'd absolutely love your support over on Patreon. Head to You've Got This, where we'll be offering extra episodes and unique resources that we've created to support you on your journey. We like to have a bit of a laugh and keep it real, so thanks for listening. We're over the moon to have you along for the ride. Test is on the mic, test is on the mic, test is on the mic, test is on the mic. Testing, testing, one, two, three. I love that we end up signing to like sort out the technology, honestly. Yes. Well, it's going to be very confusing because I'm using Makaton and BSL here, so. We work it out, we work it out. Um, how are you? How was your week? Uh, <laughs> I had an interesting week. Mm. I copped my first bite like a good bite like oh. you could probably have I could have gone to the dentist and they could have told me the person who did it you know oh okay so like teeth in like forensic level. interface that must have been quite scary actually uh no it was fine look can you see yeah I can see the mark yeah I mean my kids have definitely bitten me this week but not on the face and I don't think I've got any marks yeah, I mean, it's all good. I think it's like learning for myself as a therapist and mm-hmm. understanding the child's needs a bit more. But mm-hmm. essentially what happened was I went in and they were doing Tack Pack, which is where it's a weird video. Sorry to the creator. I mean, you're not going to be listening to our podcast anyway. She's just doing massage on a big teddy bear um, and like mm-hmm. kind of like light on the head and going down the shoulders and it's meant to be really regulating. But for some of our kids who don't like touch, it's not regulating. Mm. I could see he was starting to get a bit stressed out. So when children sit for long periods of time, they become dysregulated. They're building up energy that they need to get rid of. Same for typically developing children, neurotypical children, however you want to say it. And Mm -hmm. so I could see his energy was building. The first signs were that his face was no longer relaxed. He showed a bit of stress in his eyes. And sometimes Mm -hmm. for children who have been taught to sit through compliance, a lot of other schools or a lot of parents actually sort of will be like, sit down and eat your food. Not Mm -hmm. saying that this is this family at all, but some children Mm -hmm. are taught to sit even when their bodies are telling them. Even though they don't want to. Even though their bodies are telling them they shouldn't be sitting. And what that is teaching compliance. And sometimes we do need to sit when we don't want to, but us as adults have got other strategies we can use uh, to help us sit for long periods of time to stop falling asleep or to stop sort of like bursting out with a rage of energy. So seeing his face that he wasn't super relaxed, he started kicking the chair, which shows me that he needed some deep pressure, but he wasn't able to take it from a person. So that would indicate for us that he needed some heavy body work, which means like he needed to like run, jump or crash, super regulating. Mm-hmm. And the classroom set up that he didn't have that option. And so he was pulling on his lips first. Then he went up and pinched a teaching assistant's face and I was like okay so what do we normally do in this instance and we didn't really have his regulation down in this moment and so I got onto his level and I was like I know I can see you you need to get some energy out so I was giving him some massage up on the shoulders and on the head because if he does like pressure on his head but I could still see this wasn't working so he went to pinch my cheeks and I went to politely sort of lower his hands and then he leaned in and bit my face you know there's learning in it 
I shouldn't have been so close to him, but also it's important for us to be on their level all of the time. I think children often yeah. have people towering over the top of them and it's scary. I don't know if you're sitting down and somebody's talking to you standing up. It's like a threatening. Oh, the difference is huge. Yeah, imagine just someone like five foot taller than you looking down at you and giving you directions and telling you what to do all the time. And then imagine that person with a stern face and an angry voice. It's petrified yeah exactly i didn't know this i learned from one of my ot colleagues that biting is the most primitive form of regulating quickly so mm. um we we chew gum sometimes when we're stressed you get you have a lot of like nerves nerves i don't know if it's nerves but whatever absolutely and just i have like i'm sure i have tmj or whatever you call it where you i i clench my teeth i probably clench my teeth in my sleep like yeah absolutely i could see how that would be regulating yeah probably links to it actually mm. yeah like grinding your teeth in sleep i guess is like a stress relief right or it's indication that you're stressed so perhaps it sort of links in though so i had to look at it from that point of view mm-hmm. at our school we are stress detectives all of the time so we're looking at why is he doing this and why now it comes from a framework called self-reg so i didn't react i think it's about staying cool in uncool situations mm-hmm. sometimes where you're feeling like that yeah. hurt, but I'm not going to react because a lot of children aren't really at a point where they understand consequences yet either. Sometimes the reaction, the reaction that we give, and so, you know, sometimes we can't hold it back. It takes so much to hold it back. It's more fun. It's the funnest thing in the world. It's cause and so effect, even baby. If it's negative. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if it's neg if you've been hit or bitten by your child and if your your response is don't bite me or like it's animated or it's interesting or your face is angry even if it in the moment for the child it feels really negative and it's scary it's still a big fun reaction so oh my goodness wow if I do that to my mum again I can get this big fun reaction yeah. like wow I can really like press a button literally and she responds it's yeah like an animatronic it's literally cause and effect and like the bigger response you know the more they're gonna want to do it and so mm. I mean that's the same premise as play right we need to be more exciting than a cartoon and in a positive way when we're having positive interactions to encourage them more but when we are distressed yeah those responses aren't helpful so it was an interesting learning curve for me I think it is just about trying to keep cool as I said earlier keep Mm -hmm. cool in uncool situations it's hard as a therapist and I can imagine as a mum but it's really important absolutely there's nothing more triggering than your kids honestly sometimes it's so tricky my kids are really into being dinosaurs at the minute the whole world is dinosaurs and whilst August would never ever ever bite us he's four etta at two thinks that biting is not like hard aggressive biting more just i'm gonna put my teeth on you like a dinosaur but depending <laughs> on where that is on your body that doesn't feel so good so what i've been saying is oh just pretendy but now she will bite with her teeth and then she'll say just pretendy and then go <laughs> and you're like you're so fucking it's just, cute it's really hurts. cute and it's really funny but we're still wanting you know the other one to go away so it's so hard to hear and I think parents find you know I, you never want it to sound dismissive but when it comes to noticing the differences in your child and noticing what they're about to do like I can always tell when Edda's just about to be a dinosaur and you said that you saw in this child that there were signs that they were getting heightened like it is quite rare that a child will suddenly act out in such a way like often you can tell that they're getting annoyed they're getting frustrated they're not able to communicate they're dysregulated it is about finding your distance hey you know if you're too close then you're at risk of being hit you're at risk of being bitten yeah if you're noticing the signs and and still being very present with your child but moving your body away and giving them that space and problem solving it can make a world of difference that was it I think that was the thing I was in his near space we've got different areas of space for for 
trusted really trusted people and I just think I was too close but obviously at a school or when you've got multiple children sometimes you have to intervene to prevent it going further Mm. and that is the reality at our school so had I not been there it may have been another child that he felt like he needed to get that stress relief out on so I'm happy it was me but it's just we're always working to help our children feel regulated and feel good in their bodies and then when they're feeling good that's when they can learn and that's when they can learn lessons so perhaps we talk about later on down the line expected and unexpected behaviors so we start to talk about with them you know when you bite it's this unexpected behavior and these are the things we can do before we bite to help us uh, prevent that happening because children don't want to do the wrong thing and after he they did really it when he was more regulated I could see him looking at the bite mark and was like oh dear like I've just done this and they don't yeah. want to do the wrong thing no they don't Our kids truly want to behave. I believe with all of my core that children always want to do the right thing. It feels better in their bodies. They don't want to misbehave. They don't want to be, you know, when they get to that whingy point or sometimes you kind of see on their face that they've almost got, I used to call it their naughty face and I'm so against the word naughty, but you can almost see this little like impish grin to them. Yeah, um, When they get dysregulated and they're just, yeah, cheeky, just trying to get, just trying to push every single button and they don't want to be doing that. They must feel so uncomfortable to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I'm sure there's parents and therapists listening going well my kid just does us to rock me up but as you said there's usually warning signs and it's about us understanding why they are feeling that way in that moment I'm mm. sure you experience it a lot Zaz, with one interaction where your kids can handle it and then another night they can't yeah absolutely rough play we do rough play most nights to support our children's sort of like sensory input before they go to bed and you know it'll be going really well I'll just get to a point where they'll be like no I don't want you know the rough play is very much over they can be coping with it and sometimes they can just push them over the edge (laughs) and they're tired at that point as well so it's just like their batteries are so low already we think about our energy levels and our regulation as a battery at our school so at the end of the day their batteries are probably drained rough and tumble is going to drain their battery more but it does set them up ready for sleep but you need to not completely drain the battery where they've got nothing left in them to maintain their regulation that's such a great way of thinking about it have a being a battery and when we can recharge I always think about that when my kids first come home from preschool and I remember talking to a mum who was saying when I come home from preschool I I the rules are they must put their bag away then they must put their lunchbox away then they must hang their coat up all fantastic skills to teach and fantastic skills to have but is it the right time when they're exhausted and sort of collapsing in from preschool or, or are you setting yourself up for you're setting yourself up almost to have for a fallout there because they're ready to collapse, their battery is empty and then you've got these expectations that they're not doing, then you feel like you should uphold them because they're such great skills to have and then everyone's in fallout mode and no one's doing what they expected and you're frustrated. So my recommendation to that mum was teach those skills but let's recharge their batteries first. Let's yes. have some downtime, some sensory play, some um, sit down with a book, sit down in front of the telly if that's the only bit of energy that anyone's got left and then later be like, right, our next steps when our batteries are full great analogy is I'm gonna help let's do it together should we hang your bag up shall we put your lunchbox away that's sort of yeah thing. exactly I love that you're already thinking that way again it comes from the self-reg framework so I'm going to reference it so it's not our own work but even like mm. a snack in the car can recharge the batteries so thinking about mm-hmm. small things and recharging batteries for some people look really different to others so as adults particularly it's easier to to think about but for some people social interactions recharge their batteries and sometimes they 
do not they empty the batteries and it depends on the person so it depends mm. on your child so one child might find something really regulating recharging and the other one might not as well i'm not thinking about what charges my kids batteries it's a good thing to have and to tell other people who are looking after your child hey i had an incident uh, earlier this week where my four-year-old was sent home not really sent home they asked me if i could come and pick him up because he got himself so dysregulated and he was really struggling and i know in that moment they're so supportive and wonderful and they would have been doing their best to calm him down but what i know august needs in that time is time to himself he doesn't want to be near anyone he doesn't want to hear the voices of anyone else and that's really hard that's a really hard situation to have when you're in a busy preschool and there's people talking and a teacher wants to help so we were trying to problem solve around that with them because you know that's just what he needs he wants to be by himself he doesn't want to be looked at he wants to be quiet so and that's what recharges his batteries that's what helps him regulate yeah we have a lot of children at our school who need a bit of a break like a bit of a sensory break and when we're a bit mm. overloaded and we've got like a den in one of our classes which is just like a table with a blanket over the top that's and a, a little idea. cushion in it so one of our learners knows he can go into his den and he doesn't have to look at anybody he can recharge but also it's really important to put this out there now that whilst our children need space to recharge they also need the feelings that there's still somebody there mm-hmm. I think sometimes we would say go time out Mm -hmm. If you're feeling dysregulated and that can have really negative connotations that like if I'm feeling this way, nobody wants to be near me. or I should be by myself. I should be by myself. And so it's not about that. It's about looking at what charges their batteries and you're still staying present. So you might check in with Augie and be like, Augie, honey, I'm just out here. Like, you know where I am, you know, so you're making that a positive experience and and helping him recognize that that break is really helpful for him. And it's not because he's done something wrong. No, it's because, you know, he wants that space. Yeah, that's a really cool way of thinking about it. Yeah. So that probably summarises our chat for today. Don't get bitten. That's so tricky that you've been bitten. But I didn't realise, I didn't notice. So, like, I mean, it's noticeable when you show me your chin in such a gorgeous way. But um, I hope that it feels well. Um, (laughs) Thank God for Annika. I'll work on my little dinosaur two-year-old. But if you have enjoyed listening to um, the story of Tess getting bit or you have any questions about your biter or any other behavior that your child is saying, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram at You've Got This Pod or over on Patreon at You've Got This Podcast too. And um, Tess and I are going to be making podcasts about everything it is that you want to know about working with children um, from our perspectives as two speech and language therapists. And parents, we hope you enjoyed it and you had a bit of a laugh at us or with us both as far. <laughs> Cocky day.